I could never ever put it into words because it it was so emotional and it was like for once in my life I felt like I did good. My life used to feel like I was stuck on autopilot, trapped in the same thought loops, worries, and fears. Then something major happened. Enter psychedelics. My name is Kat Walsh and you're listening to Trip On This. Join me as we journey together into these mysterious realms, discussing everything from personal transformation, otherworldly experiences, and practical at-home tips. Welcome, fellow traveler, to the land of limitless possibilities. Welcome back, my friends, to the first Trip on This Community episode. This is a bonus-style episode that features the stories of this Trip on This Community. You know, I truly believe that we all have something to teach each other. And so this was in many ways the first time it was a little bit of an experiment. And y'all, what a joyful, fun episode I have with you all with Maria Agustina. Because I got to be a complete listener like you are all going to be, I had no real background on her. And she takes us through an incredible story of going from Buenos Aires, is taken to Ohio, has to learn, uh, you know, basically assimilate here, learn the journey, talks about addiction, talks about psychedelics, helping her overcome addiction. She was also stripping at night to go through medical school. I mean, her story just like, just gets more and more exciting as it goes on. And so I hope you all enjoy this as much as I did. Thank you, Maria, for coming on. If you guys are interested in coming on yourself, if you were listening to this and go, huh, I think I would like to tell my story on this community style podcast with Kat, I'm going to stay to the end of the episode and I will explain more about how it works at the end. The final announcement is I'm going to be giving away five trip on this tote bags this year in the month of May, 2023. So if you're interested in picking up this trip on this tote bag, listen to the, at the end of this episode, where I'll give details about both how you can potentially come on and be a guest for trip on this, and also how you might get that free tote bag. And with that, I pass it over to Maria Agustina. Maria, thank you so much for being here. It is such a pleasure. This is the first community style podcast that I'm doing. Uh, I wanted to create this series as a way to connect with the people that listen and also I believe so deeply that we all have so much to share with one another and we're all each other's teachers. And I am just so excited to hear your story. We've communicated a little bit and I can already feel your passion for psychedelics. And, you know, I think really highlighting as many voices as we can in this space is important. So thank you, my dear. Thank you so much for being my guinea pig. First Ah, first bonus style (laughs) episode. Let's do it, girl. Welcome. Yes. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. It's so weird being on this side of things. I'm always on the listener side. (laughs) I think what's going to be really interesting about this conversation for me too is I get to learn who you are and how psychedelics have changed your life for the first time like everyone else listening. And so I'm just going to be on the ride. I've got a loose outline for us, but I'm just going to turn it over to you. I'm going to jump in and ask some of the questions. Mm -hmm. Um, But why don't we just start with your background? Where are you coming from? What part of the country are you in? All right. Well, I am currently in Ohio, but I moved here from Buenos Aires, Argentina about, gosh, 21 years ago. It was 2001, so 22 years ago. Wow. Wow. A long time. 
Um, yeah, and I've been in Ohio ever since. My mom remarried an American, so she moved me and my brother up here, and it's been a ride. Mm -hmm, <laughs> um, sure. I moved here in 2001, very shortly after 9-11, so I did not get welcomed with open arms. Mm. I didn't know any English, so I looked foreign, sounded foreign. No one wanted much to do with me right away. Oh, um, I moved hard. into a very predominantly white neighborhood. So mm -hmm. they were at first very like standoff. And then it was a combination of curiosity and, you know, children are mean. So yeah. <laughs> that definitely built a tough exterior. How, how old were you at that time? Like were nine, you, nine. Okay. So you weren't even just trying to make sense of the world that you come in and it's not particularly welcoming. Did it ever pick right. up for you? How did you manage it? Um, so it was tough at first. I was just trying to fit in. As you can see, my name is Maria Agustina. My mom calls me Agustina, Agus, um, and my friends like now they call me Augie, but I went by Maria for a long time because mm -hmm. it was easy. It mm -hmm. was safe. People could pronounce it. I just wanted to be like everybody else. Mm -hmm. So it, it created a huge identity crisis. Yeah, and it wasn't until I found psychedelics that I realized I had been battling that for a long time yeah. since I moved here. It's like, who the hell am I anymore? Because yeah. I lost my culture and my stepfather was not very open to our culture. We couldn't speak Spanish in the house. You know, he really? would, was very angry if we did because he couldn't understand it. So it was no speaking and he, mar yeah, he so married a woman from the culture and then just like tried to like remove it all out of you guys. I am so sorry. It, it felt like it at first. Yeah, it definitely felt like it. So I just wanted to be like everybody else. I yeah. wanted to be an, an American and my mom still to this day talks to me about how I would come home as a kid and be like, why can't you be like those American moms? And mm. now as an adult, I'm like, how could I say that? That's horrible. I love her stubborn Latino ways so much. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? That's, I mean, I'm sure you've done a lot of forgiveness with yourself on this mm. because like a nine-year-old doesn't know. And if you're at home, if you're at school getting bullied and feeling rejected mm -hmm. and feeling like an outsider, it's very easy right. to project on our parents. Like, thanks for making us different when really it's the beauty and the differences. But at that age, it's right. hard. And also, you know, Ohio isn't, it's not like you just moved to Los Angeles or New York mm -hmm. where there's already a lot of maybe like mixed culture. Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't know that that's the case in Ohio. Nope. nope. <laughs> yeah. No offense to Ohio. Um, by, like, I just know it's just, it and is what stuff, it is. And it wasn't too, too much. Yeah. It was more like suburbs. And even though I came from, you know, a bustling city, I was still culture shocked coming to a suburb because it was like, oh, where's the taxis? Mm -hmm. Where's the buses? Yeah. How do I get anywhere? Mm. <laughs> and, you know, my mom doesn't drive, so she never wanted to drive because we lived in the city. You right. didn't need to. Right, right, right. So you were mentioning that psychedelics really were a big part of your journey. How, and mm -hmm. I'm so curious, like, and you're still in Ohio, when did psychedelics enter the picture and how, how was even psychedelics looked at at that time? You know, like, did you have to keep it really, really underground? Uh, tell me about the climate of psychedelics in Ohio. So honestly, like now it's much larger than I ever I really thought it was. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I first discovered them when I was just a teenager trying to have fun. Yeah. You know, I think of, I took my first psychedelic was salvia because it was legal in yeah. Pennsylvania. So we could drive to Pennsylvania, go get it. I, horrible. I mean, it, it was 
something that made me laugh, but I would never do it again. There was nothing like, how do they call them? The entheogens? There was nothing entheogenic about it, right? right? It was just like, I got stupid high and that was it. Mm -hmm. And it, I didn't like it. And then I think when I was like 16 or 17 is when I tried LSD for the first time. Mm -hmm. And once again, it was a fun time. I saw some fun things. I giggled a bunch, but it was nothing really special. It wasn't until I was like 19, 20 years old. And I was at like the height of my, my drug addiction mm -hmm. that I did psychedelics. And that's when they really saved me. Oh, wow. But I didn't realize it until later when I was doing, when I decided to take a psychedelic journey to fix my brain. Mm -hmm. That's when I realized, oh, they saved me before I even realized it. Was it LSD that you took again at 19? Um, It was LSD twice and mushrooms once. Okay. Yeah. So, and you were mentioning, you were mentioning that. So, so a drug addiction was a part of this. So, um, mm -hmm. do, would you mind talking about like, what, what was it? Was it like, yeah, pills and around? I'd love for you to talk about the journey because addiction, oh, gosh, yeah. it's, it's a big one that I'm hearing a lot more with people like yeah. psychedelic. It's ironic because it's another substance and yet it's doing a whole bunch of different things. So can, if you'd love it, for you to talk, walk is. us through that a little bit. Oh, absolutely. So honestly, like I, at 15 years old, I started I think it was Coke mm -hmm. was the first thing that I, I got my hands on. And it was just amazing. I felt amazing. I, by that point, had a lot of just built up trauma, a lot of just built up anger, and I was unhappy. And that finally made me get out of my head. I felt fantastic on the inside. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of what started a really bad spiral of what can I find mm -hmm. to get me out of my head? Because yeah. until that point, I was always stuck in my head. And I finally found a way out. Yeah. And it was amazing. Mm -hmm. It was so nice. Because, mm -hmm. gosh, we are all worst enemies sometimes. Oh, totally. So, and, and Coke is such a, a teenager. A num a, 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 like a, 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 an ego inflator and also like numbs us on the feeling <sighs> level as well. So it's like numbing feelings and then inflating our ego. And so, yeah, it's like nice to feel like on top of the world. But then I think most people that, uh, I always say like Coke always seems to start fun and then it always mm -hmm. ends in a dark place when you're not going to bed and it's been hours and hours and suddenly you're doing it during the week and you're like, what, uh -huh. what would happen? But it's usually, I feel like an arc. And so yeah. was that a little bit it of really the arc is. for you as, as, as well? Yeah. It, yeah. And then I had like the strangest shift because then I was like, oh, well, this is what uppers feels like. Let's see what downers feel like. Yeah. And then downers was a whole different ballpark. Um, during my addiction, my stepfather got cancer. So there were a bunch of pain pills around the house and my mother was to prescribe Xanax. So I had an endless supply mm -hmm. wherever I wanted. So it just really fueled it. And it it's hard because, you know, it's not that they were negligent, but they just, they worked a lot. They were middle-class parents in a mm -hmm. suburban area that they could barely afford to keep up because they worked retail jobs, not, you know, big paying careers. So they yeah. busted their asses just to keep a house. Yeah. So they weren't really around like to pay the attention that maybe now I'm like, eh, maybe if it would have been around, it would have been different. But yeah. I'm, I'm kind of happy things worked out the way I did because I'm such a different person now mm -hmm. because of that. Yeah, of course. But yeah, it just spiraled from an upper to a downer to whatever I could get my hands on. Mm -hmm. And then eventually I got into a relationship with somebody who was into heroin. And mm -hmm. that was the bad, like plummet down really yeah, yeah. was when I got into that. Yeah. And so 
when at that, so it's now it's around 19, you've, you're in this relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did LSD and mushrooms find their way to you again? And was it intentional or did it almost intervene and became intentional through the experience, right? Like, did yeah, you go so- into it with intention or did it actually <laughs> just kind of save you in a different way? It was funny because it each time they just kind of like fell into my lap. It was like, hey, oh my gosh, I got a bunch of acid. Do you want to take some? And mm-hmm. I was like, fuck yeah, why not? I want to <laughs> sure. have a good time. Mm-hmm. That's literally all it was. And um, like the first one was, there was nothing like, oh my gosh, I, I saw myself or I had an ego death. There was nothing like that. I remember at some point I was stuck on I had these really like green furry stairs that looked like grass growing. I was stuck there for a few hours just staring <laughs> at it. Like it was a great time, but it wasn't until the mushroom trip that I figured out how to do a Sudoku puzzle by the end of my mushroom trip. And I felt so accomplished by that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what, if that specific Sudoku puzzle was like, okay, I, I think I figured out my life. I think I figured it out. I don't know if I was right. I have not a damn clue if that Sudoku puzzle was right. If it was actual numbers on that shit, if it was like little symbols, hieroglyphics, who knows what right, I wrote right. down on that paper. <laughs> but in myself, I was like, I completed it. Yeah. I know I, I know what it's supposed to be. And uh, at the time, I was still attempting to do college, but I was about to drop out. I was going to a really expensive Catholic college. And I, I remember I woke up one day and I was like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm mm-hmm. getting up to go to school to be a nurse because mm-hmm. I was going to school to be a nurse. And I'm doing a fat line of heroin before I go to my class. Wow. Like, who the fuck? How can I do this? How can yeah. I save people? And I'm killing myself every morning. Like, mm-hmm. how can I do that? And then I remember I came home that day. And at the time, too, I was a stripper. So I was going to school wow. full time during the day. Mm-hmm. And I was a sex worker at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. You were living it, girl. <laughs> yeah. You were, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I was living it. <laughs> I was having long days and stressful days. Long and, and long nights, so, too. Yeah. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. it's so admirable in, in a lot of ways because certain paths can go, like, you're on one path. There's just so many different avenues that you could have taken. And mm-hmm. whether the Sudoku puzzle was uh, <laughs> right or not, the fact that there was a, a trigger of I'm smart enough mm-hmm. to do this, I I mm-hmm. can figure things out, whatever that was, I, I, I think it's beside the point if it was right <laughs> or wrong. It's actually about mm-hmm. that little inner reserve of I can make the life that I want to live. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So sorry to interrupt. So you're stripping no, at you're night, good. you're stripping at night, you're going to nursing school, you're having a realization like, wait a minute, how am I doing a line of heroin before mm-hmm. going into this line of work? Mm-hmm. What happens in there? I go to my, my boyfriend at the time and I'm like, Hey, find me some Suboxone. I know you can, I need to get off of this shit. I don't want to do this anymore. So um, between that and cannabis, I was able to get off of it eventually. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't completely in the clear. Mm-hmm. I was still dabbling here and there. Coke had it turned back in. I had, um, you know, I was in the strip club business. And it's so easy to get sucked right back in yeah. in that yeah. that environment. Um, it can be, and there's some women there that literally handle their shit, go home, have a good ass, like they're a mom, they do whatever. And mm-hmm. then this is just how they pay their bills. But it's so easy to get sucked on that darkness side yeah. because it's just there, accessible, and 
you're vulnerable there. Yeah. You can be, you can be very vulnerable there, yeah. especially with somebody that I noticed like working there built up my self-esteem. Mm-hmm. I was always unsure of like, am I attractive? Do people want me? Even though like I've always hung out with older people and, and I've always been into like the older guys cause they were the ones that paid attention. Mm-hmm. It was all of that, but mm-hmm. you know, yeah. girl with daddy issues. What are you going to yeah. do? Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, for sure. But that's really interesting. And I mean, I imagine addiction is probably a big part of that lifestyle anyway, to mm-hmm. to make it more manageable. Just obviously, you're probably mm-hmm. dealing with a lot of different types of characters in that scenario. I'm sure there's a lot of nice guys. and I'm sure there's probably some that mm-hmm. are not ideal. And so to just mm-hmm. as a way to, you know, make it more, I guess, enjoyable or manageable for you, is that kind of where you saw or was it more of a party atmosphere or was it more like let me get through the night or was it a mix it was a mix of the two because don't get me wrong I had some of the funnest times while I was working there Mm because it was you do get like almost paid to party Mm because you can a lot of times drink for free and I love to dance that's one of my favorite things in the universe (laughs) is just to move Mm -hmm. so it's like oh I get paid to do what I love hell yeah yeah so there were it's positive sides and definitely when I'm you know you're a young 18, 19, 20 some year old, it's great. Mm-hmm. But once I got clean, it got harder to right. do. I noticed. Yeah. Because I did. I I I got finally got clean, realized that this is not the life I want. I can't be stay with the person that I want because he was a, an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. So I had to leave under not very good circumstances. So I but I did get out of that relationship and still had a little bit of issues of dabbling here and there however I did finally I I met somebody that was like hey I like you I find out one thing it's over it's done I'm gone you don't get a second chance and that is what I absolutely needed yeah I needed a structure you know he was he was of course older and and felt safe it was a safety net that I never had and I was like oh my gosh yes this is what I need and it was exactly like it was. It helped me get out. I was able to kind of transition back into regular work life, yeah. which is hard yeah. when you're so used to um, fast money. money on demand. Yeah, fast money. I had it. Did you see the episode with uh, Anna D? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was talking about that too. Like just the lifestyle of that is like, it's like, she's like in many ways, it's like addicting in and of itself because of mm-hmm. the whole nature of it. It's just it's quick and it's fast and it's like, yeah, for her it was fun and and, you know, mm-hmm. and she actually had met her partner at the trip, strip club. So it actually ended up like, I think that was a big piece for her. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she had told, said the same thing. Like the, it's, it's a definitely a different world. She never w- really went into like quote, you know, normal life, I guess you can say for others. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, so that, so you transitioned, did you end up going to nursing school or did you end up finishing um, nursing school? Yeah. So I, I dropped out of the original college that I went to okay. and then took about like a year or so off to just get my shit together, mm-hmm. retransition into like, oh my gosh, I have to budget things now and all of that, yeah. which took a while. And then I saw an ad to be a medical assistant, which is like step down from an LPN, right? Mm-hmm. You can do so many similar things, blood draws, IVs, certain things. And you don't have to go to school as long. And I was like, oh, and you get the nine to five mm-hmm. weekends off. Hell yeah. So yeah. I went and got a degree for that and did that for almost 10 years up until December is when I I, I left the, the medical field. Okay. But yeah, I 
I have been clean since then. Um, I use cannabis very regularly, but that's been my medicine. Yeah. More, more or less, because mm-hmm. I refuse to touch a benzo. I've tried antidepressants in the past, and they're not ever entering my body again. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a lot of like GI issues, so yeah. it helps tremendously with all of that. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big cannabis advocate. I also work at a dispensary now. So oh, okay, okay, yeah, that's that's okay. So I was gonna say, so you're working at a dispensary, and so let's let's bring it back a little bit to psychedelics now too. You know, talk to us now about your psychedelic experiences are you still occasionally working with either lsd or mushrooms and and how like how has it changed if you are to 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 i guess more current day so i started my what i call my real psychedelic journey in like 2018 2019 Mm -hmm. is when i started taking them for my mental health um and prior to that i hadn't really messed with them at all i I don't think at all since i had done them in like my early teens and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And um, I, I got into them because my current partner came back from a Jamaica trip where he hadn't been a facilitator yet. He was just, uh, you know, an attendee going and he came back and it was a completely different demeanor, different, almost different person. It was like, you know, I I was able to get in touch with parts of myself that I, w- I never thought I could. Mm-hmm. And seeing this heal on somebody else made me emotional and like, how do I get that? Right. That's what I need. That's what I've been searching for. Because at that point, my current partner had been diagnosed with testicular cancer, had oh. gone through surgery. And it was a very, very, very hard, hard thing that put a very big damper on our relationship in every aspect of mm-hmm. our relationship, sure. especially down the road. And I needed something. I was very unhappy. And I started doing that. And Oh, it's never been the same. Um, mm-hmm. It's almost like once you make that conscious decision that you want to use them to fix your brain, they're like, okay, mm-hmm. are you ready though? Because we are going to make you do some of the, the, the hardest work you're ever going to have to do. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, I learned that day. Um, it's been, been mainly mushrooms. However, the one that really turned it on was when I accidentally took mushrooms and LSD at the same time. <laughs> accidentally. Um, <laughs> accidentally, yeah. So uh, we were. I was out with my current partners once again, and yeah, we had wa- gotten the mushrooms and took them, and everyone starts kicking in except me. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, did I get duds? Like, mm-hmm. am I, what's wrong with me? Nothing's <laughs> happening. Because, you know, sometimes that, that happens. Mushrooms just tend to do that. Yeah. So I was like, okay, what do I do? And luckily my partner's like, hey, I I brought backup. Do you want some LSD? And I was like, yeah, give it to me. Um, Let me take two hits. I've done one in the past. I think I can handle two. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I had taken like about four grams of mushrooms at this point. Oh, oh my God, you're going to be in for a ride. <laughs> yeah. So 10 minutes later, I'm just like, ooh, starting to feel a little good. And I get a look of just terror like, but that's, that's not from not the, the acid. yeah, that's not the acid at all. <laughs> you know, they're like, that's not the acid. Um, it's only been 10 minutes. Those are the mushrooms. And my eyes get real big, and I'm just like, okay, mm-hmm. here we go. Mm-hmm. And it was not my toughest trip today. To date, it was absolutely not my toughest trip. It was very intense. I absolutely experienced an ego death. I just didn't realize it completely because I thought it was just like my usual like panic attack symptoms, my Mm. chest got really heavy, it was hard to breathe. And like my mind was racing. 
But up until like, gosh, last year, I wouldn't close my eyes. I wouldn't go internally during my trips because I was yeah. scared. I yeah. don't want to go there. Yeah. But once you do is when you do the true healing. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. But yeah, so that was the one that really turned everything on for me. The synchronicities blew up after that point. Um, I had a lot of like urge to go back in again. Mm -hmm. And afterwards, I, I think it was like six months afterwards, I did a candy flip and I added a little bit of an MDMA, mm -hmm. which I was so scared of with my history. Mm. But with psychedelic along with it it's almost like i've got big brother watching like the psychedelic is not gonna let me get hooked on it yeah that's the only way i'll touch it anymore is yeah. if i either have it like with it or a day or two afterwards i'll do a trip just to kind of make sure like my brain is leveled back out mm -hmm. big brother's watching he's not gonna let me get sucked back in i love that so yeah, it, it, that's the only way I could do it. <laughs> it's, uh, thank you so much. Like, so, there's so many, I just like wrote a bunch of notes mm -hmm. down. The one thing I want to say is like, one, obviously no mistakes, right? Like no accidents mm -hmm. around everything. No, so none. it strikes me as like, you maybe, certain people have higher, higher tolerances anyway. And obviously mm -hmm. somehow you're, I, at least I believe like, your soul, whatever needed a, a, a much bigger experience so that your mind couldn't get in the way. A lot of times, if you have a, mm -hmm. like a really strong, um, egoic self, like which I do, it's very hard to let go. And mm -hmm. sometimes you have to be like in really, really high doses to be able mm -hmm. to like actually let go of that. And some people have no problem like letting go on a psychedelic. I really wish I had some oh, of yeah. that. And it strikes me as um, that potentially could have been you. Also, mm -hmm. I think that there's always an, I'm, I mean, that's a, that's a big dose of LSD and mushrooms together. Uh, mm -hmm. I do, <laughs> I do tend to like LSD and mushrooms together, but I do when I take them like more for joy, but still like mm -hmm. with intention, uh, it, it's lower, but I do, I, I like the balance of it actually mm -hmm. in the, uh, ones like very emotional with like the mushrooms and like really like mm -hmm. illuminating the inner stuff. And then I don't know, like the LSD feels very like externalized for me and, and it's so otherworldly in many ways mm -hmm. that it's, it's kind of like pulls that in. Um, and I also loved what you were saying about the closing your eyes aspect. I think that's a big one for people to remember is that there's two types of trips. There's the open mm -hmm. eye trip and then there's the one with your eyes closed. And I know when I was in Jamaica for a mushroom retreat fairly recently, mm -hmm. I had gone through a big like, you know, inner journey and I had opened my eyes and the I just needed a moment and the facilitator <laughs> had just kind of like welcomed us to be like, it's if you want, you can close your eyes and go back in. And I, I remember feeling the resistance <laughs> like, oh, God, yeah. okay, <laughs> here we go. Um, mm -hmm. But that's really interesting. So what have you have you been able to. Um, I know you were talking about a lot of trauma growing up, a lot of mm -hmm. anger growing up around it. Has ha, have do you feel that psychedelics or mushrooms or the LSD has directly addressed some of those things for you? Um, slowly but surely, mm -hmm. I feel like each one of my trips I work through a little bit, a little bit more, a little bit more. Um, I haven't focused my trips on that specific trauma yet, so I feel like there's still certain things that maybe could be resolved, but however, are still like, I still get aha moments on certain things like, oh, I'm doing this now because of how I did this back then mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I think that's, I think that's all part of like, I just, we're all kind of like little balls and it's just, I feel like we're just like slowly unwrapping ourselves of all of our stuff and, and 
only you, only mm-hmm. the, the higher aspect of you is going to reveal what needs to be revealed at the times that it does. And right. trust that like, it might just kind of dissipate through the experience as you mm-hmm. open up more to love and to, you know, patience or, or uh, compassion for others that might, it might not need to be a direct, mm-hmm. let me heal mm-hmm. anger from the past because you're already in the now opening up mm-hmm. like you had before. A hundred percent. I love how you verbalize that. Yeah. Yes. A hundred percent. Cool. And it does seem like each trip is just addressing such a different thing. Um, it really wasn't until, so my, my can candy flip was the last time I had a trip where I wasn't nauseous. Okay. After that, I did DMT Ooh. on my birthday. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I did it on my birthday and I resisted the entire damn time. And I'm going to call him Dimitri because I referred to them as a, as it's, it's an entity that mm-hmm. you go see. Mm-hmm. It's just, there's just something there. Once you get there, mm-hmm. they weren't happy with me because I resisted to the breakthrough. And then I resisted on so many things prior to that. And it was letting me know that. And it was, it was a very hard experience, even though it was relatively short. Yeah. But I had such overwhelming nausea that I would not give into because I was so afraid of throwing up because mm. throwing up brings up trauma from like my drug use years. Yeah. And I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate mm-hmm. it. So after that, every time I tripped, I had to go throw up no uh, matter what. At uh-huh. some point in my trip, the purging was going to happen. And then it wasn't until I finally had, it was just three or three grams of mushrooms. Not, not in a crazy amount, but it was one of the most powerful trips I've had because I let go. Yeah. I surrendered to the nausea and let it all come out until I, I felt better. I, I closed my eyes, went internally and, and let, let it do work. And it was the first time that I started finally surrendering and it was great. It, it was, I was okay with it. I wasn't upset that I was purging. And then every time I tripped after that, at some point I would purge. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, I just got to be okay with it. That's just whatever energy I'm holding, whatever energy I've absorbed, because it's uh, at one point during one of my trips, it's telling me I'm a sponge. I'm absorbing things yeah. constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a cancer sign. So I feel things so deeply mm-hmm. and, and I feel others so deeply. So it's like, okay. Not just that, maybe that's what I'm supposed to also do is, you know, when others are, are in that space, I can absorb things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then purge them later. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that's that you kind don't of what mean. it told me. <laughs> so I just love that you brought up this example because letting go is a really broad term for mm-hmm. psychedelics. And I think especially those that are new to the psychedelic experience, understanding like, what does it mean to let go? And mm-hmm. nausea is a perfect example. Thank you so much for bringing mm-hmm. that up as like a direct mm-hmm. one-to-one because um, I had I've experienced something very similar where um, I was going through a, a, a point, like a, a stint of nausea where um, because I was in social situations, mm-hmm. especially like that, like almost like that nausea would come up and then I would get mm-hmm. so scared and the uh-huh. more scared that I got, the worse that I got. And, yes. and like, it became, it could, you can't have fun because I'm, I'm worried every second that I'm about to throw up and then I'm feeling nauseous. Mm-hmm. And 
Um, and, and it really, for me, I had a very similar breakthrough of like, so what girl, if you need to throw up, throw up, like it's not, it's not like, it's very common for people, you know, to, Mm -hmm. I I have it very much on LSD too. Like sometimes like Mm -hmm. it it can just be such a intense come up for me that like Mm -hmm. it can be a lot. And the, the fear of the purge is the worst Mm -hmm. part. And it keeps you in the purgatory as opposed to being like, it's not a problem. It's not a, it's not comfortable, right. but like, it's okay. And mm-hmm. that is like a perfect example of letting go or just kind of allowing oftentimes that physical discomfort that can come with a psychedelic when we are resisting. Can I ask you right. what kind of DMT was it? 5-MeO DMT or was it the, like, um, the N, uh, was it N, N DMT? The one that's plant that you smoke? The plant. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the yeah. Plant. Okay. Yeah. I haven't tried that one yet, but I'd, I'd really like to, um, especially cause like five MEO DMT, I had to struggle letting mm-hmm. go with that as well. My final question, actually I have two questions. I just want to ask you one last follow-up about that DMT experience. And then I'm going to yeah. ask you a final, um, you were talking about resisting the whole time. Was it, was it, was the resistance. So you still broke through, which is interesting. You a lo- oftentimes, like if you're resisting, you don't even get the chance to break through to see the entity on the other side. Right. What about, can you, can you f- articulate, and if you can't, it's all, it's all good, what you were resisting besides um, maybe physical discomfort? I wasn't sure if DMT was one of those examples or was it resisting just losing control? What was it for you? I think it was a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt very, like I said, a very heaviness to my chest. Now I did mix it a little bit with, cause it is, um, it was recommended to use a little bit of like cannabis or something else with it to help it really like burn. So I had a little bit of cannabis and I put mugwort with it. Cause I mm-hmm. mugwort is great for like psychic abilities. And I was mm-hmm. like, I want to have an experience. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say I broke through because I don't feel like I did. Uh-huh. However, I interacted with it as if from afar or it popped into my brain just yeah. to let me know, like, you're not getting in. This is why. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. The funny thing is, is I did visit Dimitri last night in honor of your episode with oh. Mr. McKenna, of course. Awesome. How could I not? <laughs> it had been four years and it, he'd been calling out to me really hard. I was mm-hmm. just ready to go see him so he could, he could be proud of me. Yeah. And holy shit. I, I, I felt the most reward feeling ever. Wow. It was, oh, I could never, ever put it into words because it, it was so emotional. And it was like, for once in my life, I felt like I did good. I did mm. good. I, I felt it, he was proud. Um, everything that I, I felt I learned the lessons and I, I am where I'm finally supposed to be. And it was confirmed completely. Oh. Well, how amazing is that? And thank you. I'm so glad that the Dennis episode and you coming on here and getting to tell the story mm-hmm. is like, what a cool, like perfect I know. 360 that is to be like, all right, or is it 180? I can never do my math with that. But. Oh, I decided this before I saw that you dropped the episode. Oh, I had really? planned on doing it the night before and then you released the episode and I was like, you've got to be shit. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Of course you did. Totally. Of course you did. Totally. Of course the universe is going to bring this. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, this has been, can I just say like, 
at like <laughs> such a fun conversation for me. And like, I, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're, first of all, you're an excellent communicator and your story you. is just has so many wonderful different layers. I think a lot of people are going to learn a lot from just like, mm-hmm. even with like resistance to how it works with addiction to knowing mm-hmm. how you need to um, properly work with Molly, for instance, to not get addicted, mm-hmm. to work with mushrooms, to keep you mm-hmm. in check. Like girl, just drop in like, like yeah. <laughs> points after points for us. Thank you. My final question for you is, is for those listening who are new to their journeys um, that don't know where to start, wh- what would you say to them as someone who, yeah, has been learning a lot of your mm-hmm. own on this path? Any mm-hmm. piece of advice that you'd want to give anyone? It's so important to have a support system because so much more goes into the integration than than most put attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like talking through what you've experienced, even if it doesn't make any sense, is so important. Like yeah. today, um, I was talking to both of my partners. I'm I'm in a poly relationship, okay. so um, I know just the layers keep happening. I mean, I, I, girl, I was like, um, I love it. I was like, perfect. Both of your part, wonderful. Keep going. <laughs> Yeah, like the most interesting um, person. uh, Thanks for coming on. (laughs) (laughs) You're so welcome. Um, I was talking to her about what I had experienced. And I was explaining to her the closed eyed visuals I had because they were fucking insane. Like, Mm -hmm. it was like things were spinning, but they were like, going inside out and then right side out again, but they were spinning in pieces. It was weird. And she was like, Oh, so things were like, Oh, shit, how she put it? They were Oh, my gosh unwrap undoing or she put it into words now Mm -hmm. I can't remember them of course now at this (laughs) moment but she put it into words like she could articulate exactly what I was seeing wow and I was like oh my god yes it's like you were there that's exactly what I experienced but you were able to put it into words Mm -hmm. just because I was telling her what I what I experienced wow she wasn't there with me she wasn't there with me while when Mm -hmm. I did it she was poor thing was in bed because she had to be at work super early Mm -hmm. so It was my other partner that had stayed up and he was like babysitting me and talking me through everything. But yeah, she was like, no, that's, that's what that sounds like. And that's why it's so important to have a support system that can be there with you during and afterwards Mm -hmm. because work happens weeks afterwards, right? Like check-ins with somebody just to be like, Hey, how was this week? Have you noticed anything differently? Or the best one is what situation did you handle differently than you would have before? I love that. Because that's when I noticed that the work was done is when I don't react with anger at a situation that normally I would be like, oh my God, what the hell? Yeah. I'd be yeah. like, eh, whatever. Yeah, no, absolutely. That That is a, that's a perfect way. And I also, and I also love just like the, even if it doesn't make sense, because oftentimes the psychedelic experiences don't make a whole lot of sense to the logical mind but Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that they're not valid it also doesn't mean that on a soul level that it it mean it could mean much more than we can under ever understand and Mm -hmm. i i actually had a guy that had reminded all of us of that is when you're in the experience don't always try to like the mind is always going to try to make sense but there's things that are just sometimes outside of the mind's jurisdiction you know and Mm -hmm. a psychedelic experience really quickly reminds us of that because it's the most abstract ineffable the way that downloads come in to our awareness like knowledge Mm -hmm. and knowing you're like well can't prove that but it it's just that the feeling of that knowing is so real in my body but it's Mm -hmm. only but it's so uniquely our own and yet shared because we all 
you know, it's like that one through line with everybody that's had these big psychedelic experiences is that that like knowing and the aha and the revelation and mm -hmm. like what like what you're saying, like un just the understanding of like, this is what the guides were telling me why this was happening. Like it's, I, I know that that's true for, for your experience because I just know what it is for me. And so mm -hmm. I think again, like this is why conversations like this help validate for us, especially in a world mm -hmm. that still don't quite get it and would love right. to um, gaslight people or talk, you know, from a vantage point, especially that has never been on a psychedelic that couldn't, you can't understand it unless you've been in it and, and kind of made sense of it on your own. So right. what a joyful conversation, Maria. I am so grateful that you came on. This was so much fun. I'm really, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I've been like literally for so long been like, you know, I feel like I need to share my story. I don't know who it's going to help, but I feel like someone it's going to help. And of course, like, you know, I'm, so passionate about psychedelics they saved my life so shit i quit the medical field so i yeah. could just figure out how i could get into the field yeah. so you know the dispensary is just a little stepping stone before i get into the big stuff hopefully for sure, for sure. well you're already on your way you're already on trip on this and oh just, my keep... God, I know. <laughs> <laughs> just keep telling your story and uh and just trust that you're going to be guided exactly where you need to go the universe got me i know that <laughs> for sure always girl all right. Well, Maria, thank you so much again. It was such a pleasure. Thank you so much. It was great. Thank you. Awesome. And for everyone, as always, trip on this. I hope you all enjoyed that first community episode of Trip on This. It was so much fun to speak with Maria. And I just realized, like, just how many amazing people are there. For all of you that have been listening, thank you so much. If you are interested in telling your story on Trip on This as well, I will be taking on two additional episodes this year featuring your stories. So the way that it works is you head over to Apple Podcasts, you leave a review and rate the podcast, and once it posts, usually it takes about two or three days, just take a screenshot of it and email it to me. I'll also leave all the, the details of this and how to do this. Uh, in the copy of this episode, in the description. So it'll all be laid out there, but it's a way for me to grow this podcast and also connect with you all who have been listening to this podcast so you can share your own story. And the other piece is about the tote bags. So I have five trip on this tote bags that I'm going to be giving away in May. And again, if you're not someone who maybe wants to come on and share your story on this podcast, but you do want a tote and you want to support me, the way to get a free tote bag is to, again, the same way, head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a review and rate this podcast, and then email it to me and send it to me. The first five people will get that tote. So thank you all so much, as always, for being here. Thank you for the support, and I'll see you guys next time.